Sir, we're at the Beverly Hills Police Department. Are you Mr. Sidney Bernstein? Yes, lucky guess. Well, sir, you have 25 unpaid parking tickets. We have a warrant for your arrest. What? 25? What 25? You what? have 25 unpaid parking tickets, sir? I, I, I pay my tickets. I pay I pay all my tickets. Sir, do you own a black Mercedes-Benz license plate number CRL 507? 507? That's my wife's car. That's not my car. That's my... 25 unpaid yeah, parking I mean, tickets. It's under my name, but it's my wife's car. No, no, no. Bitch! Tickets have not been paid. That means you're liable. Can you cuff Mr. Bernstein, please? Cuff me! Mr. There are Bern people out there with chainsaws. You're cuffing me. Well, sir, you have 25 unpaid parking tickets, and it's your car, so we have to take you in. Wait a second. I've got an idea. Is there something that I have in this office that I could hand to you and that would make you kind of forget that you're holding those uh, little pink tickets there? What are you trying to say, sir? I Like you'd be holding something in that hand... And this hand, you'd forget about. This hand, you'd be concentrating on. That hand, you'd go, what? What did I have there? I don't even remember. Oh, you mean like if I had um, $200 in this hand? Ouch! Let go of my arm! $200! Ouch! Please! I'm robbing you. That's what I'm doing. Here's one, here's two. They're real crisp. Chris Gowser here with Matt Howell. And this week on the first run, I'm going to introduce the show for some reason. So we catch up with yet another multiverse film and everything, everywhere, all at once. We also get into some Bayham with Michael Bay's latest Ambulance. Uh, we'll discuss the physical media releases and the straight to DVD picks of the week. And we'll wrap up the show with everybody's favorite role play game, Who Dat? All that and more on this week's episode, but first, let's hear a little bit from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Now you may only see a pile of receipts, but I see a story. I can see where this story is going. It does not look good. Of one from another universe. I'm here because we need your help. Very busy today. Uh, no time to help you. Across the multiverse, I've seen thousands of Evelyns. You can access all their memories, their emotions, even their skills. There's a great evil spreading throughout the many verses. And you. Be your only chance of stopping it. Don't make me fight you. I am really good. I don't believe you. All right, Matt. Here we are. Everything, everywhere, all at once. One of my most anticipated films of the year. What is it all about? Uh, so I'm going to read the IMDb uh, description because that's a lot easier than trying to come up with something on my <laughs> own for this film. So an aging Chinese immigrant is swept up into an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploring other universes connecting with the lives she could have led. Very good, Matt. Very good. So, Matt, I'm going to stay away from the MCU multiverse discussion, which seems to be out there a little bit, because okay. I kind of view this as an entirely different animal. 
Now, you're welcome to talk about it, and I'll engage with you if you want to run down that path. But let me ask you, in the realms generally of science fiction, is Everything Everywhere All at Once a great sci-fi kind of multiverse film, or is it the greatest sci-fi <laughs> multiverse film? I don't know if it's the greatest. Um, I would I would even struggle to call this like a, a um, sci-fi film because <clears throat> mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. one of those sci-fi films where it's, you know, they kind of hand wave it. This is like a, an idea in, you know, um, physics that uh, obviously because of uncertainty, things can happen and change. And every decision that you could have made has happened in another another version of yourself. Um, but all of that is the way it's presented here is almost akin to magic. So I, I treat this more as like a fantasy film personally. Fine, Matt. Fine. <laughs> we'll get all nitpicky on that. So what are your thoughts on everything everywhere I want? I said in the beginning, this was my, one of my most anticipated films mm-hmm. of the year. I was a big fan of Swiss army man. If you haven't seen that, that the Daniels film with Daniel Radcliffe and um, Paul Dano, yep. really weird, bizarre concept, very engaging. And they return with this film that had a lot of buzz in the indie market here. A lot of jerks and, you know, nerds like me were very excited about this. I would throw you in that camp, maybe, to, you know, subtract the jerk part. Um, what are your thoughts? Did you uh, engage with this? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, so I knew very little about this. I, I, you know, Chris kept talking about this and saying um, it was something that he was really looking forward to. And he it was just... It was really irritating him that it wasn't playing in any of the theaters and it was taking forever to get to our local, yes. our local cineplexes. I went into this pretty blind. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I mean, I think it's, um, it's more of a, it's got a kind of a absurdist black comedy streak going on in this. Some of it is mm-hmm. very dark. Other pieces of it are pretty ridiculous. Like hot dog fingers is pretty ridiculous. Um, but, sure. uh, Raccoon Yeah. Raccoon is also ridiculous. So it has a good bit of levity along with um, this kind of heady concept where you're really going to have to pay attention or you're going to get lost pretty quickly because um, even some of the some of the stuff that's important is kind of delivered in this kind of breathy ratatat dialogue that you got to really pay attention to to how this is going to um, go on later. I I enjoyed it. I thought it was a little long. I was I'm still annoyed that where everybody thinks that everything has to be over 2 hours, which is some bullshit, but other than that, I had a I had a good time with this film. Interesting. I didn't feel any excess length watching this thing at all. No. I think it no, I think it rolls around at a great clip, Matt. And for me, it's the best film we've seen this year. Now, granted, it's only mid-April, right? right? But I do not see how this does not end up in my top 10, Matt. I was stunned watching this film. I truly was. It's a science fiction, or perhaps some would say a fantasy, action-adventure comedy that I think you haven't seen before. And I think what, why this thing works as well as it does, why it's so successful, is that it's built up not just by like an undergirding kind of structure, but a superstructure, Matt, of emotion and family drama. It's for me, it was the kind of experience that reminded me how special movies can be. Dare I say, using the term film can be, right? It's, it's, it's funny. I think it immediately grabs you and you kind of settle in for what you think is going to be a fun sci-fi fantasy actioner with some really deep, dramatic undertones. And I think it's almost... It has this kind of dodge where it sets up the turn of who the villain is. Um, now, what I like about that the Daniels do do is that 
they don't keep that mystery under wraps very long. Mm-hmm. Kind of deduce and you're able to see who the villain is, I think, pretty quickly. But it doesn't hamper the film at all. And I think it actually makes everything else that much more effective. And I'm watching this thing. I'm like convinced that the strife here that's impacted this family comes from some type of true source because I found it instantly relatable. Uh, and I found the humanity in this film just as heartbreaking and just as breathtaking. And I think one of the key things here is Michelle Yeoh is able to show a real dynamic range here that I haven't seen in her films before. And I confess my experience with her has basically just been with those kind of martial arts actiony mm-hmm. films, your crouching tiger, hidden dragons, your tomorrow never dies. If I may. Right. Um, but still Matt blown away by this film. I'm, I, I feel you were almost underwhelmed by it and it, it yeah, saddens my heart. I wasn't underwhelmed by it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good film. It could have been that I had to catch this up with the late one and I was tired. And, you know, when title card two comes in, like, you know, and I'm like, we're only into the second part. And like, there's going to probably be an all at once as well. Like I was like, I'm like, God, it's like so late. I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to go home. But uh, that, so that could just be my own failings just being able when I had to fix it in. Although I think it's interesting because Michelle Yeoh, for those who don't know, was also on the first series or season of uh star trek discovery and her major plot point was the mirror universe so she was they had the original uh uh, captain georgio who was killed and then they the the whole the rest of the whole season revolves around the mirror universe and multiverse evil michelle yo so she's just really in all this this all in on multiverse uh versions of herself very nice if you've seen it, um, I follow, I think, I don't know if I follow Shiner, but I do follow Dan Kwan on Twitter. And he had retweeted a, um, a short video with Michelle Yeoh and how excited she was about this film. And she actually gets emotional because she says it's like really the first time she's able to exhibit the range that she has. Mm-hmm. And she is great in this thing. Same with Stephanie Zhao, who is just as captivating for me. And I'm watching this. I'm like, she's the one that plays her daughter. I'm like, why do I know her? Where do I know her from? And she plays... Uh, um, oh, now I'm blanking on the character's name now. The, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Do you watch that show I on Prime at all? I don't watch that show, no. All right. I, I really, really enjoy that show. It's a lot of fun. It's from uh, the same people who did Gilmore Girls mm-hmm. for the big fans out there. But yeah, she plays Mei Lin, who plays the girlfriend of Maisel's you know, ex-husband. Okay. Uh, and she's a lot of fun in that too. And then finally, Matt, how about... Kehu Kwan. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about this gentleman? You also may know him as Jonathan K. Kwan. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps you're a Goonies fan. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you're a Temple of Doom fan, mm-hmm. right? A One of the kind of big child stars at one point. He plays the husband in everything, everywhere, all at once. And also, he is a blast to watch in this film. I think really career-defining performances for all involved. I, uh, I was really touched by this film, Matt. It's, I think it's really smart. I think it's very clever. I think it's emotionally rock solid. And I love all the little touches, like how they access the abilities across the multiverse. They yeah. have to kind of do something that's like in an order that doesn't make sense. Right. It's always very, very funny and interesting. There are some truly kind of crazy moments in this film, but I think the relationships amongst the family, it's so grounded and it's so pure that it takes it somehow makes all the fantastical stuff 
totally acceptable and you're all on board for it because everything else around it is just so damn rock solid. Matt, you're going to laugh, you're going to cry, you'll cheer, you'll scratch your head and say, what the hell was that? And I think you're going to be entertained the entire time. I love this film, Matt. I'm giving it an A. Are you? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I'm going to give it an A-. minus. Maybe if I watch it in the daytime, I'll give it an A. Did you do a double header? That's what I did. I did a double feature. I did... The way the timings worked, I saw Ambulance, which is long as well. Yeah. And then, then after that, my screening of this started at 9, really didn't start till 9.20. Yeah. No, I did not do a, a double header. I'd probably been even more annoyed if I had to do that. Well, good. That's probably was a smart move on your part. <laughs> but it didn't impact me. Like I said, I love this damn thing. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. It's brilliant. I cannot wait to see what the Daniels do again after this. Just incredible, incredible work, Matt. Um, I guess so A- minus is good. You didn't uh, dislike it as as much as I had feared. It sounded like you may. No, the, no, uh, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I just don't know if it's a revelatory experience, but I thought it was very, very good. Fair enough. If you had a chance to see everything everywhere all at once, please shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. It is currently playing, I think, everywhere now. It's mm-hmm. wide at this point. And different, fascinating. Check it out. Matt, coming up on Physical Media this upcoming Tuesday, April 19th. A film I do want to check out. I hear it's quite good. Okay. Uh, Joe Wright, Peter Dinklage, you know, it's usually a recipe for something good. You've made this stage your personal style. The dramatic muse has fled the building. She scampered off when you started gilding. The lily with your great big voice. choice i love this place and all it means poetry romance terror truth i've loved it here since early youth can't stand aside while you dishonor it with your pumping and your hideous jigs i will not abide your thumping and uh dreadful wigs You've abandoned the truth. You've lost your core. You don't remember how truth feels or what it's for. So now leave this stage never to return. And I'll applaud the new integrity you'll earn. Exit Montgomery. Yeah, that is right. That's uh, your buddy Peter Dinklage, Matt, in Joe Wright's Cyrano, Mm. the uh, musical adaptation of the classic story. It's supposed to be pretty good. I don't know if we'd come around to it at some point. Yeah, um, I don't think I've ever seen any kind of version of of Cyrano diversion. Not even Roxanne. I, I did not. I have not seen all of Roxanne either. I've seen bits and pieces of it. Fair enough. Well, it includes a making of featurette. Uh, also coming out, Matt, a film that I haven't seen. I have never seen anything related to this property whatsoever. Though I've heard this is actually pretty good and endearing and that's uh, jackass forever okay includes some deleted scenes including stuff like fire extinguisher wee man throws zach under the bus <laughs> telephone pole susan telephone pole millie telephone pole ad tarantula bite face your rear dark shark and the bear fire in the hole i'm assuming that's butt stuff broke zach mountain virtual reality plug and arrow probably more butt stuff freak away soccer ball surprise butt stuff Poppy's only wipes twice. That's definitely butt stuff. <laughs> and then finally, toilet geyser. Do I have to say it? Matt, were you a Jackass fan at all? I remember when it first came out. I mean, I caught up with it for a while. I, I kind of it kind of lost what limited, limited charms it has. Um, so I've seen some of the early ones, but I was never a huge fan. 
And this is supposed to be some very kind of nostalgic reunion of all the people, you right. know, because they're all older now. They're our age, if not older, right? At yeah, this point. Yeah, so. yeah. I don't know. Did all of them make it back? Did Bam Margera make it back? Or is he, I don't know if he did or not. I have absolutely no idea. Yeah, okay. That, that's, I, 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 think, I know who that is. I know who it is because I think I remember him tweeting out that, um, rest in peace, Hulk Hogan. Mm. Like, you're such a great guy. And Hulk <laughs> replies, I'm still here, brother. <laughs> But uh, yeah, they had this, they had some kind of falling out with him or something. Um, maybe. Um, they might have. I like I the two know. people that don't watch Jackass. Yeah, right now, I don't really know. I remember about. he had his own show for a while and had some of the uh, Jackass guys torture on. his dad or something. Yeah, too, all the time. he did. Yeah. Look at the, look at all the stuff I know without even watching a show. That's the po- cultural impact, mm-hmm. I guess. That oh, Jackass. Jackass yeah. All right, man. Also coming out, feature, this is one featuring Beanie Feldstein, Stephen Yoon, Amy Schumer, Richard Jenkins, and June Squibb, the Humans. Set inside a pre-war duplex in downtown Manhattan, the humans follows the course of an evening in which the Blake family gathers to celebrate Thanksgiving. As darkness falls outside the crumbling building, mysterious things start to go up in the night, and family tensions reach a boiling point. Naomi Watts stars in The Desperate Hour. A mother desperately races against time to save her child as authorities place her small town on lockdown due to an active shooter. Did you hear the little stuff that came out from... Um, Oh, wow. Why am I blanking on her name now? Between uh, Naomi Watch, David Lynch, and... Uh, oh, this is embarrassing, Matt. Mulholland Drive. Who is the other actress in Mulholland Drive? I like how I bring this up, and I'm in no way prepared to uh, talk about it. This is every... Laura Herring. Thank you, Matt. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Supposedly, Lynch and Watts just kind of ghosted her. Like, they started ignoring her at parties afterwards for okay. the thing. Something happened, and I don't know if they... She feels kind of like they just didn't feel that she was good enough to hang out with them or okay. something. I right. don't know. I always enjoyed hearing when I saw her and stuff, but that's kind of jerky. Naomi, Dave, what's going on? I don't care how cool your hair is. Uh, Pierce Brosnan stars in The King's Daughter. King Louis XIV's quest for immortality leads him to capture and steal a mermaid's life force a move that is further complicated by his illegitimate daughter's discovery of the creature. Okay, Pierce. Sure. Includes a deleted scene. Uh, VHS 94, Matt, is getting its physical media release. We discussed that one a while yeah. back. It's, I think, part of our Halloween run of uh, horror anthologies. Okay, right? We like some stuff, like Ratma was a lot of fun. Yeah. I think the, the framing of that one was maybe one of the weakest in the entire series. Which is saying something. Yeah. Uh, but includes some commentary, some deleted and extended scenes... Uh, behind the scenes featurettes and more Lionsgate I still hate you is releasing <laughs> the exorcism of God Father Peter Williams an American exorcist hides a shocking secret map possessed by a demon he's trying to expel he committed a terrible sacrilege to atone for this sin Peter devotes his life to charity work in a small town in Mexico 18 years later his deeply buried secret comes to light when the demon from his past returns possessing a girl and unleashing a deadly disease that's complicated uh, includes a making of featurette and some deleted scenes. New to Blu-ray, Cartoon is releasing The Girl Can't Help It. The Jane Mansfield film is getting a new high-definition transfer, an audio commentary, some new interviews, some on-set footage, and more. They're also releasing The Miracle in Milan. On the outskirts of Milan, Matt, a band of vagabonds work together to form a shantytown. When it's discovered that the land they occupy contains oil, however, it's up to the cherubic orphan Toto with his, some divine help to save the community from the greedy developers. A brand new 4K restoration of Vito Descares' film, excuse me, Vito De Sica. You'd think that, you know, me being 8% Italian, I would have nailed that. <laughs> Includes some new interviews, feature-length documentaries, and more. Arrow's releasing two crime thrillers in one pack from Enzo Castellari. Got that one. Rogue Cops and Racketeers. 
2K restorations of these from the original 35 millimeter camera negatives, Matt. Uh, newly restored original lossless mono Italian English soundtracks, a new audio commentary, uh, limited edition packaging, which includes like reversible sleeves, a collector's booklet, and more. The films included are The Big Racket and The Heroin Busters. Kino Lorber is releasing three WC Fields films, Matt. You can't cheat an honest man. You're telling me and Man on the Flying Trapeze all get 2K restorations. Some have a Vinci's documentary. One has a commentary. They're also releasing from the journals of Gene Seberg. The rise and fall of actress Gene Seberg is dissected in his complex pseudo-documentary. Uh, includes bonus films by the director, uh, Mark Rappaport, Becoming Anita Ekberg, Deborah Paget, for example, and then Anna, Nana, Nana, Anna. Say that five times fast. The Olive Trees of Justice from 1963. Excuse me, like that 62. I know it's very important, Matt. You're very big on getting the dates right. <laughs> from Kino is being released. A man returns to his native Algeria to visit his dying father there at a time when the French colonial hold in the country is coming to an end. Shout Factory is releasing 1962's Night Creatures, also known as Captain Clegg. Captain Collier arrives in an English coastal town, Matt, with his band of Navy men to investigate reports of illegal smuggling and bootlegging, only to find that he must also investigate reports of the Marsh Phantoms. 2K restoration on that one. New audio commentaries and new interviews. Shout is also releasing Steelbooks, Matt, of a couple of Studio Ghibli films. I'm sure you're aware of this, but they've been doing that now for a while. Yeah. Once a month or so, they release a couple of Steelbooks. This time, it's the tale of Princess Kaguya, and then only yesterday. The film detectives are releasing Girl on a Chain, a newly restored transfer featuring audio commentary. Sandpiper Pictures is releasing Bound for Glory, Hal Ashby's film featuring David Carradine and Ronnie Cox. They're also releasing Tom Sawyer. How many times can I hit my tea mug with my wedding ring? We're at three. <laughs> Media Blasters is releasing Kanochi Lady Ninja. That sounds like fun. They're also releasing Alive from 2003. Um, this is not the one about the people who are, you know, stranded on a mountain right. and eat each other. Yeah. This is uh, after surviving his own execution, Ten Chu chooses to be subjected to the bizarre experiments of the prison officials. Blue Underground is releasing a standard edition of Lucio Fulci's, I'm not going to say Exorcist ripoff. We'll say his loving homage to the Exorcist called Manhattan Baby. Uh, I have the deluxe though, which includes uh, Blu-ray, DVD, and a CD soundtrack. This one you just get in the Blu-ray. And then uh, your UHD releases this week, Matt. In the Heat of the Night, Cabin in the Woods gets a steelbook from Best Buy. Mm -hmm. And then Heavy Metal and Heavy Metal 2000 in a two-pack. Your straight-to-DVD pick of the week is going to be Human Hibachi. Oh, boy. A man documents his girlfriend's 35th birthday on his phone. What he captures throughout the night are the most disturbing human acts imaginable. Matt, which will we be streaming this week? So, I finally broke down... And I managed to get my hands on an Xbox Series X. I also got a PS5 because I what I did. I, How'd you do that? I uh, they had them at BJ's. I got a I got a notice in from BJ's that they were in, so I bought one. Son of a bitch! And I bought I, an Xbox man. from Walmart. So yeah, I saw the Xbox a couple times at Target. I almost called you and asked mm -hmm. me asked you wanted me to pick you up one. Was it the white one or is it the black one? I think it was white. The white one's the lower level one. Oh, okay. Don't waste your money on that one, folks. I wouldn't. I, uh, I'm, I, man, I'm very excited for you to get a PS5. I, a part of me is like, I want to really get one, but then other parts of me are like, there really aren't any games on it that I really want to so play. So I can tell you that that Spider-Man game is absolutely fantastic. It is so much fun. It might be one of the most mm -hmm. fun games. It's even better than the the Batman series, but it's by the same guys. What? Yeah. It's, oh, really? Yeah, it's by the same guys, and it's it's uh, it's great. 
later in the year, they're going to release a true sequel for the Spider-Man. And they're releasing by the same guy as Gotham Knights, which is where you play Red Hood, Robin, Nightwing, and Batgirl instead of Batman. That's interesting. I Is it, it's a Spider-Man game better than the PS4 Spider-Man game? Because I bought that. Mm-hmm. And I barely played it because it can't. It doesn't really seem to grab my attention. Oh yeah, it's the same game. So if you don't like it, so basically they had they remastered the original game and then they made like a, a like a a one point five sequel where you play as Miles Morales. Okay, maybe I just need to try it again. I just haven't played it. I keep going back to Battlefront Two. That's all I do is play <laughs> Spider Star Wars Battlefront. 2. Really, and there's and I re and I replay um, uh, Last of Us Two. I've okay. done that twice. Yeah. And then every now and then I'll, I'll, you know, I'll charge up the old Uncharted series. Yeah, uh, yeah. I haven't played Batman for a while. But if, if they were to do maybe a new Uncharted or a new Batman or a Last of Us for a PS5, mm-hmm. at that point I would definitely pull the trigger. If I could find one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. No. Yeah, you got to well, download the Hot Stocks app. They'll tell you when stuff goes in stock. It's how oh, really? Them. Yeah. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Thank yeah. you for the tip. But anyway, where I was going with all that is that oh, uh, that's okay. Um, so as part of, uh, I do have uh, Game Pass, which is I think the best value in gaming today for Xbox. And one of the perks they gave you was thirty free days of Paramount Plus because Ooh. they have the new Halo series on there. And if you're a fan of Halo, which I am, I started watching it. Stars Pablo Schreiber as the Master Chief. And guess what? It's actually pretty good. I'm actually quite enjoying it. I heard it wasn't, is it? Yeah, so I think it's, I think a lot of people are upset about it because it doesn't really follow the uh, established uh, timelines of, or like the story of the games. Like they're kind of, Mm -hmm. they took like the, the structure and like the basics and then they're telling its own story. And I think a lot of nerds don't like that. Interesting. Yeah, but yeah. I enjoy well, it. I w- do me a solid and watch. I don't know if it's out yet. Watch that Captain Pike Star Trek show. I want to know if that's any good. Okay. Yeah. Strange New Worlds. It's on my list, waiting for it to come out. All right. I know because Ahura's in that one and Spock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Young Spock. Um, yeah. I'm curious how that is. Yeah. Well, and no, on Paramount Plus, I will champion it again. I mentioned it before, but uh, Lower Decks is a lot of fun. Oh, you know what else you can watch too? And we got to talk about this because I want to go watch it in the theater. Mm. I think it's May twentieth. Okay, ish. There, uh, I think you can watch it now, if not soon. Is the four K uh, remaster of the motion picture? Oh, okay. And it's supposed to look stunning. I read a couple articles about it. I think one of the digital bits and someplace else. And the I saw some video, you know, comparisons of the shots. Mm-hmm. It's like watching the film for the first time. Okay. It is wonderful. And they added like a, a one line, like one extra scene has been added. And then there's, they, they cleaned up and modernized the, the special effects. Okay. And it's supposed to look beautiful. Okay. And uh, they did give it, they did announce the physical street date, which I think is September or something like this year, which obviously I cannot wait to watch that on my new TV. It's sure. Look incredible. But they're doing a theatrical release of it, so okay. I'd like to see if we can s- squeeze that in. Okay. But it's streaming, I think, now-ish or very soon. Okay. So you should probably check that out and report back. All right, Speaking of that. reporting back, uh, I was able to we'll talk about this briefly, Matt. I was able to watch Jacaranda Joe. This is mm. the famed lost short film by George Romero. Uh, it's basically a Bigfoot movie that they shot in Florida. And it's not really even a short film, Matt. It's more of a, like a sketch. Right. It's uh, basically, it's the, the setting of it is there's a talk show 
discussing this found footage. This is basically Romero's attempt at a found footage movie. Mm-hmm. Or at least it kind of was like a, you know, just a experiment on it. And this group goes in to find this mysterious beast, this Jacaranda Joe, who's a, who's a Bigfoot. It's supposed to be like a Bigfoot family that they come across. And there was a whole story, actually one of them make this movie in the 70s, featuring uh, um, Franco Harris from The Steelers. Oh, really? as a star of it. Wow. Yes. <laughs> and it's, I mean, there's really not much to it it's an interesting curio yeah i guess when romero passed and all of his stuff went to the university of pittsburgh they've just been kind of combing through and they found a box with a vhs copy of this they didn't even really know what it was at first and they watched it they reached out some of the crew and supposedly there's a 35 millimeter uh camera negative uh i guess some digital print that they found from a crew member so there's going to be a cleaner version of it at some point and they did kind of talk around that it's going to be released in some capacity okay. maybe it'll show up on shutter like that uh carnival film that he never yeah. released his on yeah. which i still have not seen but it was okay it was interesting yeah you know they had some bandwidth issues yeah. so there's a lot of delays and stuttering and stuff i guess there's a lot of people on this uh zoom call but it was interesting it was just a fun little thing to kind of watch not much to it. It was like 16 minutes long. Okay. He shot it in 94. Okay. And yeah, one funny line where there's one character that said, have you seen the Bigfoot? And the one guy goes, the only Bigfoot I've, Bigfoot I've ever seen is Kareem. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it just, I don't know. It just, it was just an interesting curio is yeah. the best I can say about it. All right. All right. So at some point, it'll probably be up online. You can check it out. They were, as I said, they recorded the Zoom. So maybe it's out there. They'll release it. But uh, yeah, didn't cost me anything. And it was a fun little thing. They had a nice little conversation afterwards about the making of the film. Like some of the crew members, one person who was, I think the editor was saying that Romero would sit there and then they would film something that he closed his eyes and listen. And that's how we determined pacing. Okay. Make sure everything was kind of flowing well. He didn't watch. He just listened to the actors and their dialogue. Interesting. Which I thought was, uh, yeah, that was pretty interesting. So uh, anyway. Yeah, Jacaranda Joe. I don't know. I'm not going to give it a grade. I don't think it's, you know, up to that. Kind of like I said, it's just a little short experiment. So there you go, folks. It'll be out there eventually at some point. All right, Matt, let's keep rolling. And uh, let's spend a few minutes talking about the latest, as you put it, Bayham Freecher <laughs> Ambulance. I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry that I brought you into this. I just wanted things to be the way they used to be. <laughs> That's my brother, Will. I could use some help. My wife needs this surgery. This is real life. How's that right? You put your life down on the line for this country? You leave your family, your home? How much do you need? 231. How about more? 32 million. I need an extra man. I came to you for a loan. Look, have I ever gotten you anything that I couldn't get you out of? It's time for you to do something for your family. What can I do you for, officer? We're just doing a transfer in the back. I'll let uh, you in in 20 minutes. Uh, I could just get it done real quick because I'm on the clock. Promise not to rob the place. Oh. <laughs> Seriously, because that would be bad for my job. Okay. <laughs> I promise. All right, okay. All right. All okay. right. Come All on. Right. <laughs> okay. Let's go, D. You are all going to have the greatest story to tell at dinner tonight. Get out! What about you, Matt? Do you have the greatest story to tell about watching Ambulance? Do I? I can't wait to talk about it. Excellent. So you have uh, Yahab Abdul-Mateen II, who plays Will Sharp, and Jake Gyllenhaal plays his brother, Danny. 
they, along with a crew, go to knock off this bank, Matt. We're talking millions of dollars, 32 to be exact, because uh, Abdul Mateen needs, what do you say, 231 grand because his wife has cancer. So he's going to take that one last job, Matt, Mm -hmm. to uh, help his family. And I cannot begin to explain to you how many cliches are in this film, even by Bay level stuff. I mean, you know, Matt, exactly where this movie is going to go from the moment it starts. Mm -hmm. You can tell exactly how it's going to end. And for me, I didn't care. Mm -hmm. So what were your thoughts on ambulance? Do you enjoy it? Or is this another six underground disaster? That's a good question as far as is it as bad as Six Underground? It might be a little better than Six Underground. I guess it's a little more competent, I suppose. Um, that's Absolutely. Why that's why it's out in the theaters. Um, but yeah, so this thing, let's just start off with the the thing that irritated me the most. This has the most, the flimsiest excuse for a story of any film I've seen in a long time. I mean, <laughs> like you heard, the, you heard the trailer, the entire setup of the film happens in the first 10, 15 minutes. Like dude sure. shows up goes to his criminal brother, asks him for a loan, and like literally right then and there, he's like, no, you're coming with us to be our getaway driver to help us with rob this bank. And that's Matt, the whole we setup. We got cars to blow up. <laughs> we got crashes. We got things to do. We can't waste time with this exposition. Right. So like, that's like me, like, like going down to Florida to say hi to Chris and Chris being like, Hey, you know, uh, I know you asked for like a hundred bucks, but let's go rob the, the seven 11 down the street real quick. <laughs> Get a whole grand instead. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. And I guess from that point on, it's just action set piece after action set piece. Some of them are mm-hmm. entertaining mm-hmm. in a kind of a dumb way. Most of them aren't Jake Gyllenhaal's shooting up the scenery, yelling a lot, you know, so that's, Something, I guess. The guy, uh, Will Sharp, uh, he's kind of a non-entity through most of this. Um, And Isaac Gonzalez, I don't know what the hell, I don't know what she was doing besides looking steely at everyone and being a a badass. Yeah. Yeah, she was. I don't know, the whole thing was stupid. The whole thing was stupid. And it was weird that I felt bad for the criminals at the end of it. At the end of it all. (laughs) That's what Bay is going for. All right, so I'm going to level set, Matt. I have never seen any of the Bad Boys film. I feel like this is something I'm going to rectify. I've seen The Rock. I've seen Armageddon. I have not seen Pearl Harbor. I have not seen The Island, which is supposed to be atrocious. It is. But I have not seen it. In a great way, though. It is so bad, it's good. I have seen all the Transformer films, much to my chagrin. Mm -hmm. No, wait, no. Didn't we boycott the last night? We did. We boycotted the last one. Yeah, so we didn't see that one. That's good. Uh, I've seen Pain and Gain, which I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. I actually like Pain and Gain. Uh, I have not seen 13 Hours. I had a weird kind of anti-propaganda you know, propaganda thing about that. I just didn't feel like it. I don't know. Though I did enjoy Zero Dark Thirty. And then I've seen, obviously, we discussed Six Underground, which, again, is an unmitigated disaster. Matt, Ambulance is... It's good. <laughs> I enjoyed this film. It is Bay, but in a weird way, somewhat restrained. It, it, does it have one-dimensional characters? Sure. Absolutely. Nobody is really fleshed out in any capacity. The story arc goes exactly where you expect it to. Though it's tight, there are very few, if any, surprises. There's a facile attempts at real stakes. But I think Bay's bluff works. I think that his work is so superficial and his just like his weak attempts to make add any depth to this film, it's better than it's been in the past. I'll put it this way. So those attempts may have been like a two- previously they're like a four or five here okay 
which I think is, for me, is good. It's progress. I think there are a lot of great, ridiculous moments. Just like one meaningless car jump where a rock goes over like a three-foot... I'm sorry, a car goes over like a three-foot thing of rocks just to jump over over it for no reason. Uh, there is ridiculously high drama. As you say, Joan Hall really ramps up the crazy trying to channel supposedly his insane father mm-hmm. at moments, right? Uh, there are some odd camera angles. Bay loves his, as they say, his Dutch angles, making you feel uncomfortable and off. There are some interesting, I'll be kind, needle drops. And it has its hyper kind of kinetic violence that you expect from a Bay film. One thing I will say that Bay is a huge fan of, and I though we've seen it in other films, I don't think we've seen it employed to this extent or to this level of lunacy. Drones, mm-hmm. drones, drones. Bay incorporates the use of camera drones like nothing I've ever seen. And I will say, interestingly, I mean, the, the way it's eye roll Bay, but like when, you know, cars do flips, they'll have the drone fly under the car as it's flipping over yeah. type of a thing, right? Yeah. He'll have the, the drone fly up a building and then go upside down and shoot right down the side of the building. Just, you know, and, but he, I have never seen a film incorporate more drone technology than this film. And in a weird way, it's horrible, it's ridiculous, but it's still, it's fun. Hmm. This is the first Bay film I've seen in a long time where I found it exhilarating and exciting. And I was basically on board for the whole thing, knowing the whole time that it's, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But it's exhilarating entertainment, Matt, from the blows em up real good master. <laughs> and I, I, I actually enjoyed watching Ambulance. I did. Well, what's weird about Michael Bay is that, you know, there's always this argument that's out there online that he... Visual, he makes visually interesting films, like, like yeah. the stuff that you're talking about. And he like he knows how to shoot an action sequence. He just can't punch his way, you know, to tell a story out of a, you know, like punch his way out of a wet paper bag. He just can't do it, right? It's just dumb. I mean, it, you're right. It's not the worst Michael Bay f- movie I've ever seen. I do. I did get a little bit of eye roll when he starts dropping, hit, quoting his own films. In, in Twice. It. Yeah. <laughs> Multiple times. <laughs> but uh, Rock and Bad Boys. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? It, it is dumb. It is dumb fun. I can see that. I'm not going to begrudge anybody that. I'm not angry about it. It's just, I, it's one of those things that I'll never make any effort to watch again. I'll probably never buy it, but it's like, if I'm flipping through the channels on a Sunday afternoon and there it is on TBS, I'll probably just like, eh, okay. If I got nothing else. Well, I had real vitriol for Six Underground and those Transformer films. I hate them. Yeah. Right. And I have always been a big bait critic. And I, as I said, I, I actually enjoyed a lot of this ride. It really is a roller coaster. And when watching this thing too, I don't know why I've never thought about this before, but him and Zack Snyder are basically the same director, Mm -hmm. except that Snyder's move is to desaturate or to yank the color out of everything he does. Right. Uh, And Bay amps up the saturation level of everything he does. Right. And it's like they're two just opposite mirror world images of each other, I think is what it is. Because they both have the same problems. Right. They're a big bombast and, you know, spectacle, but they can't really tell a story. Right. And um, so it just really tick off all the people out there that, uh, you know. That love Zack Snyder. Exactly. Yeah. He has a bit of a devoted fan base. You know. I don't know if you know about this. The big- did you see the, the Warner Brothers Discovery merger tweet? Uh, yes, I did. Yes. And all it was, the responses were all, bring back to Snyderverse. Bring back to Snyderverse. <laughs> Why? Why? I mean, are there like a bunch of Sucker Punch fans? Is that what we're going to get next? We're going to need Sucker Punch too, you know? Maybe. Well, no, they won. They got Justice League remade that, and that's released. True. That's true. So they're drunk on power. They are. But there's a big difference between something that's 
sort of in the can and needs to just be put back together versus let's make an entirely new movie kind of thing. Plus, Max was desperate for content to really have something to yeah, bring exactly. in subscribe. Yeah. Though I will say again, HBO Max, hands down, still the best streaming service available right now. There's so much on. Now all the Discovery stuff's going to be on there mm. too. So I can watch all of my home shows, all my home improvement <laughs> shows. Wow. Now you can really, if you were ever considering going back to cable, this is it. That's done. You can get rid of home your Inspector other Home Inspector Joe, service. here we go. Yeah. Lights out. All right. That's a inside home inspector. Okay. Yeah, I don't get it. You got to be a... <laughs> yeah, I don't man. get it. Fair enough. Over my head. Matt Ambulance, I'm giving it a B. Uh, yeah, that's, that's nice, Chris. I think that's incorrect. I'm going to give it a C. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Crazy. Crazy, crazy stuff. Garrett Dillahunt's in this. I love that guy. That is true. With a dog, for uh, some reason. Nitro. I should have named Augie Nitro. She's definitely a Nitro. Well, I mean, you know, just start calling her Nitro, and eventually she'll just she'll just become a Nitro. That's true. I'll start calling you Nitro. All right, Nitro. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot us an email. Uh, feedback at the first run.com. So, Ambulance is playing everywhere right now. If I'm Nitro, does that mean you get to be... Who do you want to be from The Running Man? Sub-Zero? Oh, I don't know. Sure. No, I'd be John Kimball. No, you can't be John Kimball. You, you need to have a funny name. So you either can be uh, Sub-Zero or uh, Dynamo. You, the opera oh scene. man nitro's <laughs> clearly the better name out of those three i guess dynamo works for me because people hear sub-zero they're gonna think mortal Kombat. that's true i don't want that that's true all right nitro dynamo here we're gonna now move on to well it's perfect we're gonna do a uh, who dat our role-playing game right. man i got a lot of uh corporate suit stuff for you this week Ooh. i hope you are ready sure <laughs> that's great Thank you. Well, I have some good news, Peter. I don't believe any of the charges against you are going to stick. Wait, seriously? Oh, I knew it. Nice. Oh, my God, Mr. Murdoch, thank you. That's, thank you, man. That's amazing. You're welcome. Perfect. Okay. However, nice. Mr. Hogan, yes, the feds are actively investigating that missing technology. I uh, understand your loyalty to Mr. Stark and his legacy, but if you were involved... If I was involved... I advise securing a lawyer. I need a lawyer because I'm, un- I'm under investigation. I thought he would... You said there's no charge. I get, I could say uh, under advisement of counsel, uh, I refuse to answer the question respectfully because I, the, the answer could incriminate me because it's on the same good fellas. What was the thing that's saying good fellas? I know that's what you think. Calm down. Let's hear what he has to say. Matt? You're going to need a really good lawyer. Peter, you may have dodged your legal troubles, but things will get much worse. There is still a court of public opinion. How did you just do that? I'm a really good lawyer. All right, Matt. You got your Spider-Man uh, No Way Home 4K? You watch it yet? I haven't watched it yet, but uh, I do have it. It came in the mail yesterday. Fantastic. I got to ask you to do some research and maybe report back to us. Because there are reports that there were supposed to be 90 minutes of extra content on that set, on that release. Including deleted and extended scenes and in fact when they did a promotion for the upcoming release they had a picture of one of the deleted scenes mm-hmm. when they're all in, a, in an elevator and from what i've read all that's been removed Interesting. and now there's just a making of uh feature instead all the deleted and extended scenes have been yanked off the set there is a sticker on the front of it that says 80 minutes of extra of of, of extras on it so i i don't know so it was supposed to be 90 minutes previously okay. so drop the 80 yeah. And the deleted and extended scenes were removed. Okay. 
which if I'm a fan and I'm buying this because I want to see those deleted and extended scenes, I'd be pretty upset about that. So, Matt, you are Tony Vincicata, pre- president and CEO of Sony Pictures. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on doing this rug pull on the fans where promoting deleted and extended scenes and then, then taking them off the disc prior to release? I honestly don't know why anybody's surprised. I mean, we're Sony. Uh, we can't get out of our own way for anything. You know, it drives me up the wall that uh, Amy Pascal seems to only be able to make a decent Marvel film if she's working with Kevin Feige closely and that it has to seem to be MCU tied in. So, you know what? I'm going to take my toys and I'm going to go home because I don't want anybody to see how incompetent my uh, Spider-Man universe films are. I, I don't understand. All right. Here's the only thing I can think of. All right, so supposedly now it's included, man. It's a blooper reel, behind the scenes, Tom Holland's Amazing Journey, heroes, villains, stunts, and pre-visuals, and so much more. <laughs> um, whatever that is. Like, like those usually means like trailers sure. and commercials and photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, gallery, if you will. I would be really upset. I, I am upset. I haven't bought it yet. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I will buy the UHD at some point. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure when it's supposed to hit uh, Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming probably in a few months. But uh, still, it's it's really aggravating to me that you would do to promote that deleted and extended scenes and then yank it and make no mention of it. My anticipation is that they're going to release maybe an extended version. Could mm-hmm. that be it? Uh, maybe that wouldn't surprise me as like a cash grab. I could see something. Didn't they do that, that before? Like they released one of the Infinity War films or something, like an extra added scene. Did they? And they re-released it? No, I didn't for know. That. Like a yeah, yeah I'm pretty maybe. sure they did. So maybe that's what they're going to do. I don't know. Well, you're not going to see Spider-Man on Disney Plus because none of the Spider-Man movies are on Disney Plus. Oh, because of the Sony yeah. thing, huh? Yeah. The only one that he's in are the kind of... He's in Captain America Civil War. He's in the Avengers Endgame films, but the, the solo outings are, are not on Disney Plus. Are they anywhere? Uh, I don't know. It's a good question. I'm not sure. Interesting. All right. Weird. What do you got for me? It's still BS, buddy. Okay. You're uh, Ryan Johnson. Sure. Uh, you have a new series coming up on Peacock called Poker Face. Yeah, my buddy Jiggle. <laughs> is this is this move to TV, especially Peacock TV, a sign that the fallout from The Last Jedi was greater than we thought? No, it's a move to, by the way, it looks like Homecoming's on Stars. Oh, okay. Wow, great pull there, Sony. And then uh, No Way Home is nowhere. Really? Nowhere. Wow, that's crazy. I guess you want to sell it. You don't want it to be available, right? To stream. So you'd rather sell some copies since you have your new one coming out. I guess I get that. I'm Ryan Johnson. I'm awesome. Um, I'm going to say no. No, that's not. In fact, I think there there's still talks of me doing a Star Wars movie again at some point. I thought there were. I don't know. I haven't really kept up on it. I don't think that's dead. Yeah. I'm doing Knives Out, which I signed an insane deal with Netflix to do two films. One of them coming out some point in 2022. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Makes it really easy for people to plan their movie calendars when you have a whole bunch of films people want to watch, but you don't actually put the release dates down. Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? Why make things easy for people? But, no, Matt, the line between television streaming and movies particularly now and this is going to be my next question for you as okay. chris not as ryan johnson okay um is continually blurred it's no longer that the, the dividing line no longer exists mm-hmm. and the future it appears potentially is streaming services for 
original good content. There's a lot of great stuff, and he wants to do a serialized thing. So if you're going to do a TV show, you're not going to release a TV show in the movies. What are you, daft? No. So you sign up with a, a streaming service who wants to p- promote your work. So no, I don't. This is not Star Wars Fallout. I'm just. This is one of the th- projects that I have in development. That's all. All right. Don't overthink it. Are you? Is this? Is this? Uh, is this what you wanted to be, David Fincher 2.0? I am kind of doing that, aren't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Fine. <laughs> yes. By the way, um, uh, co-host of the show, Chris Galzo, he dropped me a line. He watched Looper um, last week. Okay. He hadn't seen it in so long. Yeah. Thumbs up. Still holds up Still really, good. really well. Still good, yeah. Still very good. Yeah. Better than I remembered it, actually. All right. So there you go. But yeah, no, no. That's sure. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it before. I think it's a really interesting point. I think it makes a lot of sense. Now, I haven't dived, dove in, dived into um, kind of the hyper violence mm-hmm. that Fincher sometimes is associated with. Yeah. That's not really my speed per se. Yeah. But um sure, yes. I could I, there could be worse things than being known as a Fincher esque director. Yeah. Absolutely. Fincher light. But, but though I would still like to have my own, you know. Identity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the word. That's mm-hmm. a good word. All right. What do you got for me? Matt, you are it's been a while, and I know we go back and forth if it's Johnny or Jimmy. <laughs> I'm going Johnny because Jimmy's actually a movie. Okay. Johnny Hollywood, president of show business. Yeah. Ambulance is basically tanked at the theaters. Yeah. It's not doing well mm-hmm. at all. Everything, everywhere, all at once is doing okay yeah. for uh, a twenty four film. It's it's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we here? Are we at that moment that we've shifted to indies and tentpoles and the mid-budget film is dead? You know, the writing's been on the wall for a long time. Um, I think this is still some lingering effects of um, the pandemic. You've got... Um, Inflation hitting people really hard. Gas prices really are hitting people pretty hard. So I think there is still some reticence to go out and spend movies or money on films in the theater, knowing especially that within two to three months, you know, all they have to wait and then it'll be on a streaming service of their choice, which most people probably are have access to all of them one way or another. Wink, wink. Yeah, so I guess it's just a matter of um, people having money tight. It's still a little dangerous out there from a COVID perspective, or maybe people are still uncomfortable. And um, honestly, movies used to be an event, right? Um, it used to be something for people to go out and do as 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 like a treat kind of thing. And I think if there's not films that are not people are not super excited for, they're just not going to go because I think a lot of people are. Instead of taking dates to the movies and stuff, they're Netflixing and chilling these days. You know, chilling means boning. Yeah, I understood that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) Good. Good, 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 good. Yeah, it's funny. I think it's a combination of both what I said before in regards to the Ryan Johnson stuff. Mm -hmm. That that line is now blurred. It's no longer anathema to be associated with a television or streaming thing. And in fact, there's a lot of great streaming programming out there. The Watchmen show, Mm -hmm. I really, really enjoy. Better Call Saul comes back in a few days. Yeah. Um... So if you can, instead of doing a two-hour movie, maybe you do a six, eight-episode run right. or something, right? So it's weird. It's in some points, it it I think it's bad for the industry because you're not going to see your mid-budget kind of great films anymore. Like you're not. I don't know if you're going to see something like a Sixth Sense anymore. You're not going to see. I'm going. I'm showing you how old I am now. Like a presumed innocent mm-hmm. anymore. And I think you're not going to see a Shawshank anymore that kind of right it's going to be potentially these big budget mcu 
successes, these DCEU failures. It's all you're going to keep seeing in the theaters. And then you'll get your A24s, your yeah. focus features, maybe your smaller films. And that's what the experience is going to be. It, and it's I'm torn because my, my concern is that the cinemas cannot subsist on that. Yeah. Maybe they, I don't, I don't know if they can. Cause I think that the big key, especially something like Disney that demands such a high profit share mm-hmm. of the returns mm-hmm. for longer. Mm-hmm. Cause I think folks, I'm not, if you're not aware or not, the longer a film plays, the more money the theater gets. Right. Right. But MCU, particularly Disney requires a much, a, they demand premium st- premium theater occupancy. Mm-hmm. Like they'll say, I want a minimum of five theaters. I want your Dolby. I want your IMAX. Mm-hmm. Right. And you have to run them in those theaters for a month. Yeah. Or you can't get this film. Right. And so that hurts other movies as well. And they also demand a longer turn. When before, I think you would get what? The theater, the, the, the studio would get 60, 70% for the first week. And then it would drop to like 50 and then 40 and then 30. Mm-hmm. For there, that higher percentage runs for much longer. So it makes it harder for the theater. That's my big concern out of all this. I'm Artistically, I'm open to this. The problem is financially, I don't know. It's just, it's sustainable. The problem is, is that the theater system is kind of a dinosaur at this point, right? I mean, these movies are costing an insane amount of money. And in order for them to be profitable, they have to be played for a long time. And then even yep. these indie films, these indie films are not, for the most part, being produced by these companies. I mean, they're kind of, if you watch them, they've got like six or seven producing companies, production companies involved. You know, they've all chipped in a tiny little bit and this thing yeah. got made as best as they could, guerrilla style. And if it's good enough, then it gets picked up and distributed. Um, honestly, I don't want to see theaters go away, but I, I don't see how they survive in their current format. Um, you know, I think they're all too big. Um, you know, do you really need 24 screens? Probably not anymore. Um, because, you know, think of like the, the summer movie period, right? That was because yeah. kids would go to the theaters and they would watch stuff multiple times because there was no other way to see it, right? But yeah. now there is ways to get content and I don't know, something's got to give. But I mean, Disney's spending hundreds of millions of dollars on their streaming shows. Like, I, I mean, they're, they gotta, they're spending a ton of money on this stuff. So I'm not surprised. Yeah, man, I don't know what's gonna happen. I think what you and happens, Matt, is you and I need to put both of the ten dollars we have each, yeah, and then open up a theater. Okay, get a Dolby projector with a nice sound system, right? Okay, and we do like maybe a one or two screen theater, and then we—that's what we do, Matt. We save the the cinema experience. All right. Well, the AMC Bloomfield in Bloomfield, Connecticut, uh, went out of business, so the space is, the space is open. Yes, the AMC closed it. Um, so. There is no theater there. I mean, it's obviously still there at the for the time. I don't know if Bloomfield's the right place. No. I think we got to go someplace. It's gonna. The problem is, there's not a lot of places that are available, right? Like our, the New Haven would be good, but the Criterion Cinema's down there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think you got to think your college town type places. I think are the best way to go. Middletown, then, or Wesleyan, or something. That's an option. There is a theater though in Middletown. Mm. I'm sure there is. I'm sure if there's a college, there's gonna be one around there. You just have to make. Something that offers, but it's not more. like a. And maybe we just buy real art ways. Why don't we do that? Okay, sure. But those theaters are very small. Those are very small well, theaters. Real art ways, they just have the one. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Maybe it's just a one or two. 
I don't know. I think Real Arrows actually bought that whole building, if I remember oh, correctly, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Wow, I'm getting very Connecticut-specific for people. All right, <laughs> Matt, what do you got? All right, so your Renaissance man, Willem Dafoe. Sure, um, yeah. You uh, work with Robert Eggers a lot. And mm-hmm. Robert Eggers is making a remake, sequel, something of Nosferatu, which... I, as the, as the co-host of the first run, I'm really looking forward to because I like Robert Eggers. I really like Nosferatu. Yeah. Um, but would you want to play Count Orlock again since you already did it once in Shadow of the Vampire? Why, yeah, sure. Why wouldn't I? Uh, to work with a visionary like Robert Eggers, I worked just with him, Matt, in The Northman, which comes out in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And blown away by the experience. Everything I have watched with this film, everything I've read about it, is it's supposed to be just an insane experience. And of course, I would replay that role for Eggers. The man's a visionary. Absolutely, I'm gonna—he's gonna knock you on your butt with a Northman. <laughs> just you wait. So you're gonna love to see um, this version for sure. I know this would be your second go round. I mean, the lighthouse was also uh, a big deal for you. Absolutely, mm-hmm. man. I'm gonna do an Eggers fest if I have time. I want to get into rewatch all the stuff in anticipation of the Northman. I do too. I haven't watched any of his films since the. I own them all, yeah. but I haven't watched anything since the uh, theatrical releases. The only one that I've watched multiple times is The Witch. I've watched that uh, like three or four times. Yeah, we have to do that. That's a good idea, Matt. I'm gonna close this out. You ready? Yeah. You're Christopher Lloyd, of course, the legend. You are starring in, and I'm serious about this. They're making a spirit Halloween store movie. Mm. You and Rachel Lee Cook. What's it about? What happens in the spirit Halloween store movie? Um, well, let's see. Uh, I think we uh, get some stuff in, right? And we move into a space because spirit Halloween stores, they move into kind of distressed, empty retail spaces. One of those spaces has uh, a horrible past tied to it. Uh, maybe something occult. Um, some kind of uh, seance or murders or something. And when we bring in the Halloween decorations, they get possessed by the local uh, uh, baddie ghosts and the store goes on lockdown, kills a bunch of customers, and we got to fight our way out. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Is it campy or is it like full crazy scary stuff? Um, I, I'm in the firm belief that this is going to be very campy and... Uh, silly but although maybe gory at the same time i hope so i'm trying to think what other properties would really just are just desperate to be made into films like hungry hungry hippos could be terrifying it's a horror <laughs> film all right that could be fantastic yes that should be operation the, yeah sure yeah for going board games. billion dollar ideas yeah. absolutely that's all right you know what funny thing too about spirit that's owned by spencer gifts yeah and I think what they make seventy percent of their profits are from the spirit stores. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, because that's just open for what three months, but, two months. Because it's crazy expensive, and once you bought it, that's it. You can't bring it back. Yeah, you know, so there's no bring it back. Crazy. They had some good T-shirts there the other day, or last year, I should say. They had a uh, like '80s slasher tarot card T-shirts. So oh, it looked nice. like a tarot card, but it had like you know Michael Myers on it or Jason. It was pretty. They were pretty cool. Oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Good times. Yeah. Is that it? Are we done? Uh, yeah. I was going to ask you about the uh, the. Oh, yeah, the... please. Okay. So you're uh, Tommy Warner Brothers. Um, was this was um, was was going into an insane amount of debt to merge with Discovery um, a good idea? 
we have no idea what we're doing. I thought Discovery bought us. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm, I was shocked that Discovery had more money than Warner Brothers. Yeah. Is what blew my mind. I thought it would have been the other way around. Well, I think they but, had to raise some debt instruments to do that. I don't think it was I, okay. clear. Well, part of the issue, right, is first off, AT&T bought us, and that was an unmitigated disaster. Mm-hmm. That didn't work out at all. Though it worked out for uh, the host of the show, Chris Scalzo, because he got a sweet deal on his AT&T streaming. <laughs> he's got HBO free for life. Uh, and he gets a discount because of his unlimited phone plan. So, you know, some people's cable bills are like $110. Not this Big guy. Daddy's is uh, 50 bucks. Wow. So, uh, and includes HBO for free. Nice. For life. So, yeah, as long as I don't change it, that's the big thing. Mm-hmm. I can't touch it. Uh, anyway, um, I don't know. Who knows? Nobody knows what the hell they're doing. It, uh, here's the thing that drives me crazy about Warner Brothers. They have the biggest library of films out of any of the studios. Mm-hmm. So much so that this is now I'm dating myself here. Back when we were HD DVD versus Blu-ray. Yeah. Remember those yeah, days? I remember. We were going to see which format, like beta and VHS all over again. Mm-hmm. That's how old we are. It wasn't determined what side was going to win until Warner Brothers made a format call. Okay. They went with Blu-ray, and that was it. HD DVD died. And to have that kind of heft, to have that kind of... Just to be clearly, I think, to have been run into the ground now for 10, 20 years, yeah. I I can't understand how you can have all of this, these properties, all of this stuff... And continually just make the wrong decisions. I maybe a part of that's on AT&T's fault for trying to expand from a phone company to a media empire and realize, holy crap, I don't know what the hell we're doing. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's it. Um, I don't know. But to the, my whole thing is too. I'm still shocked that Discovery is the one that had more money than Warner Brothers and bought them out. That just blows my mind. I guess that whole Discovery Plus thing must have been really, uh, really profitable for them because <laughs> I thought real. that was gonna. I thought that was a terrible idea, but. Uh... You know what? Part of it, too, those kind of shows, they're super cheap to make. Yeah. I bet you that's part of it. True. Well, just so. think of, you know, my wife and my sister-in-law and my mother-in-law. They all love those shows. Like, they, if they could have one service, it would be Discovery Plus, so they could just sit around and watch those things. Yeah, and now they're going to be part of my HBO Max. What's up? What's up? So I get to watch my uh, show, Love It or List It. Big, big fan. You're a big like fan of Love too. It or List It? Oh, my God. I, I hate I hate, I hate, Love It or List It. <laughs> it's so fake. Uh, <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. Of course. I read the article about that, too. Like, once they've already made the decision before they even oh, shoot yeah. the show. Yeah. And sometimes they lie. They'll say they're going to list it when they, yeah, they've just, already sold it. Yeah, just to give the guy, just to give the guy a win, you know? Yeah. It's still fun. Come on. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I have no freaking idea. All right, fine. <laughs> did I answer your question? I don't even know if I did. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think we're good. I think you answered the right, question. Good. Yeah. Fantastic. That's who that for this week, folks. How would you answer those questions? Shoot us an email at feedback at the first run.com. Matt, coming up next week. Um, we're not going to be in the theaters twice this week, but we will be the following. Mm. But um, what do we got coming up, Maddie? It's going to be. F- oh, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> I just saw the calendar. I really thought there was only three films in this series, and I got corrected, and I saw that there were five, and I cried. <laughs> the Fantastic Beast films continue now. The only reason why I was going to demand a boycott, but then Mads Mikkelsen signed up. Yeah, he did. And I'm thinking, all right, we'll give it a shot with Mads. Yeah. Like but I'm Mads. sure it's, it's going to be atrocious. And then it's supposed to be uh, Choose or Die, which is a, what, Choose Your Own Adventure type horror film that I think is going to be on Netflix. Okay. Um, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, there's lots of stuff that's out there. So 
but after that, my I know it begins Nick Cageathon, yes, which I know Cage you're Fest. super excited about. I am. I am. So uh, that'll be good. Uh, in the meantime, check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Do a search for the first run. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Eventually, you'll find us. Head on over to Apple Podcasts and give us a review. It'll help other people find the show. And I guess that's it, Matt. Everybody go ahead and uh, take care of yourselves. We love you very much, and we'll see you soon. Oh, my God. They found me. I don't know how, but they found me. Run for it, Marty! Who? Who? Who do you think? The Libya!